to another episode of Accessibility. It's a show on YouTube where I talk about the video game industry, accessibility and representation. Basically, how can we help more people to play games and more people to see themselves in the games they play? One of the most common settings you will find in most video games today when it comes to accessibility is subtitles. You know subtitles, you take the dialogue, you transcribe it, you put the words that are being spoken at the bottom of the screen. You may also put down that other information. It's audio information turned into text form. And most video games at this point have some form of subtitles. Now, before I started researching this video, I was really surprised to find out just how many people who play video games use subtitles. There's a really interesting Twitter thread that I'm going to link down below by David Tisserand from Ubisoft, looking at a lot of their recent releases around that time, and the numbers of people who had subtitles turned on in Ubisoft games was really interesting. For games that defaulted to having subtitles turned on, 90-95% to 95 of players left those subtitles on, and for games that defaulted to having subtitles off, 50-60% to 60 of players turned those subtitles on. Now, that's just one company and a small selection of big budget games, but it should give you a sense that more people than you think use subtitles when playing games. Now, when you think about subtitles in video games, you probably think about one specific use case first of all. Deaf and hard of hearing players. And that's understandable, they are a very important use case for subtitles, and they're a group who very much rely on subtitles to be able to play games. but. They're not the only group who rely on subtitles, and that's sort of what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about other groups of people that need subtitles, and some of the different use cases that subtitles are useful for. So today on Accessibility, we're going to talk a bit about the different types of subtitles that exist, the different groups that subtitles are useful for, and why subtitles should not be considered one-size-fits-all. We need customization in subtitles. So, first of all, let's talk about dialogue transcription only subtitles. These are exactly what they sound like. Subtitles that simply take spoken dialogue and reproduce it as on-screen text. These are the most simple and basic form of subtitles, and they're really useful for a lot of different groups of gamers. These subtitles are sometimes used by hard of hearing or deaf gamers who prefer a smaller amount of text to read, but these subtitles are also often the subtitles of choice for groups outside of the deaf community. If you're a gamer playing a game with voice acting, but are not a native speaker of that game's spoken language, Dialogue transcription subtitles can sometimes be easier to follow along with than spoken dialogue, and the fact that these subtitles stick to just spoken words means that there is not unnecessary information to read. As a gamer with autism, these are often the subtitles I use when gaming, or enjoying other kinds of media. I struggle with audio sensory processing, and sometimes simply find that if a game has too many noises happening at once, I can't focus on dialogue. Dialogue transcription-only subtitles help me to follow along with dialogue without my brain getting lost in other auditory information. These kinds of subtitles can also be useful for gamers with conditions such as ADHD, as they provide a safety net while consuming media. If your mind drifts or loses focus from the game for a moment and you miss part of a sentence, it's there on screen for you to dart your eyes back to and reference and keep track of. 
These kinds of subtitles can act as a really useful secondary source of information for basically any neurodiverse users who struggle with focusing on and processing information in real time. Additionally, these subtitles are often useful for neurotypical gamers who just happen to be playing late at night or in a setting where they need to be quiet. That's an obvious example, but it's worth noting. Next, let's move on to closed captions, which are more commonly aimed at supporting deaf and hard of hearing players. Rather than only including spoken dialogue transcriptions, closed captions show additional information to the player that may be helpful to them piecing together a scene. Closed captions will usually include information such as the name of the speaker, descriptions of important background noises, and other audio-only information a player might need. Where regular subtitles would likely only tell you what a person said, closed captions will basically tell a player who is speaking, what they said, and describe sounds they might have been reacting to in the conversation. Closed captions do necessitate a larger amount of text being placed on screen at any one time, and as such, many non-deaf users prefer to use transcription-only subtitles. It's a trade-off between the quantity of information being presented and the speed at ease with which the subtitles can be read. Neither type of subtitle is fundamentally better than the other, they just are both useful to different kinds of players. While closed captions are usually used by deaf and hard of hearing players, they're also useful for other groups. Gamers with prosopagnosia, or face blindness for example, struggle to recognise people's faces. For those gamers, the labels of who is speaking may be useful, but the descriptions of sound effects may not be needed. Additionally, the movie industry has in recent years moved to a new standard called SDH, or Subtitles for the Deaf and Hard of Hearing. These are basically a more regulated form of closed captions, which have to meet specific guidelines, and are the most in-depth form of subtitles for deaf users. SDH subtitles will typically include everything included in closed captions, but also include descriptions of tone-setting ambient sound, more sound effects, and try to provide a more full description in real time of the experience being given by the audio in a piece of media. Now, when it comes to video games, subtitles are not always the best way to convey audio information to players. Sometimes it's vibrations, sometimes it's on-screen prompts from different directions. Both for deaf and hard of hearing players and for players with other disabilities and other needs, sometimes adding more information to subtitles isn't the best way to convey audio information through visual means. While in a cutscene, closed captions may be an effective way to describe where a sound is emanating from, but in the midst of gameplay, sometimes critical information needs to be delivered in a form that doesn't take the player's attention away from the action. If a player is being shot at from their right, on-screen visual prompts can be vital for deaf and hard of hearing players to know how to react. However, these on-screen visual prompts are also really important for gamers who have full hearing, but only in one of their ears. Players with hearing limited to one side may struggle to process directional audio, and visual on-screen prompts can be vital for them too, even if they can hear all of a game's spoken dialogue without issue. Some gamers may not need full on-screen subtitles for dialogue, but may still need on-screen prompts for audio-based information in gameplay. Visual cues for audio information should never be tied inseparably to subtitle use. 
Furthermore, there are examples of additional information that can be put across in subtitles, but certainly won't be useful to every player. Marvel's Avengers, for example, earlier this year included a few examples of non-verbal subtext being included in subtitles, such as explaining that a character was deliberately slurping their drink overly loudly in a deliberate attempt to annoy another character. I found these subtitles really useful as an autistic gamer, but a lot of other subtitle users found their inclusion annoying, as it was information that they didn't need, cluttering up the already busy subtitles for them. Additionally, because these non-verbal subtitles were not their own setting, they were used very inconsistently, only when other subtitles were not already on screen and there was space to fill. Lastly, and this is important for games with multiple voice acted languages, it's important that subtitles accurately match the dialogue a player is hearing, if their subtitle and voice acting language match. You sometimes see this issue in games translated from Japanese to English, where the subtitles match the translated Japanese audio track, rather than the new English voice track. For subtitle users who are able to hear spoken dialogue, it can be actively distracting when the subtitles they read differ from the words they hear, which can cause significant issues. This is far from a comprehensive list of disabilities and groups who benefit from subtitle use, but hopefully this conveys to you the wide range of different use cases for subtitles, and the fact that not every kind of subtitle is useful for every kind of person who needs subtitles. All too often, when we talk about subtitles, we talk about them like they are an on-off toggle. We talk about, this game either has subtitles, or it doesn't, and what we need to be talking about more is the different types of subtitles that a game includes, the kind of groups that that supports. We need to, in a perfect world, have multiple types of subtitles in games, and the ability for players to pick and choose what information gets conveyed in those subtitles. If you want to do subtitles right, you need to give players options. You need to let them opt into information that's useful and opt out of information that is cluttering their experience. Do you just want transcripts of dialogue? Do you want closed captions? Do you want SDH? Do you want non-verbal subtext? Do you want just the names of who's speaking because you don't remember faces very well? There are so many ways that you can customise the subtitle experience to make it more useful to more people, and declutter them so that they only have the information that is useful to that person. That's the future of subtitles in interactive media, is letting people pick and choose what information subtitles convey to them. Subtitles are used by more people than you think, and it's really important that we think of them as a spectrum of settings, rather than a single on-off switch.